name is Pliskin. It's all in the reflexes. You got a problem with drilling now, Proby? Is that it? We like her, Dad! Oh, you like her, do you? You like her so much you'd rather live with her than your own father? Tonight, we stay with them. And we shut them down. Dude, I smile and laugh every time, every time we play that. We I like think it's dad. so great. Uh, I freaking love it. <laughs> yeah, we like her, Dan. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Kurt Russell Rules. This is the podcast about the man himself, Kurt Russell. I'm Joe, along with my co-host, Ian, and we are excited to take you on a journey to learn more about the movies of the man himself, Kurt Russell. And as always, here's some of the rules that Mr. Russell can give us. Today, we're kicking off episode number four and diving into the classic 2005 film, Sky High. Uh, it's an absolute classic. I love this movie. Uh, I'm going to hand it on over to you, Ian, hear a little bit more about this movie and uh, what, we're, what we're diving into here. Yeah, so Sky High is the 2005 action comedy following Will Stronghold, the son of of two well-known superheroes as he navigates the life of a high school freshman at the prestigious school for superpowered teens. It's an incredibly goofy movie with lots of puns, yep. gags, yep. tropes, all of it. It's, it's a true classic early 2000s Disney movie. Yeah, a lot of uh, Easter eggs in there for other superheroes and kind of callbacks. Yeah, a lot of nods, films. a lot of just yeah. like throwaway lines in the distance, yeah. lots of little things. It's yeah. fun. It's, it's a ton of fun. It's a great... Uh, I rewatched it obviously for this show and I forgot how much of just a family friendly movie it is. I actually watched it with my parents and they enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's for all ages. Yeah. It's, it's just silly. Movie. I mean, you could call it a kid's movie if you want, but it's really just a fun movie to watch with anybody. It's a fun romp. Yeah. It's, it's a, romp. a romp. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 it's a romp it's for a great, sure. It's a great romp. Well, I'll get into some of the, just the production history on this thing, which is pretty interesting. There's a lot of familiar faces in here. There's a lot of, as you said, kind of nods to other movies. There's quite a bit in here for being such a light movie. It's just kind of light and breezes by. Uh, this is back when kids superheroes were really a thing. And so you had the movie Zoom with Tim oh, Allen. Right. Yeah, that came out, I think, the next year. I forgot about that movie. I know, right? You also had all the Spy Kids films. Mm -hmm. Those started in 2001, and I think we're going pretty hard for about 10 years there. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I think this is probably the best of those Teenagers with Superpowers runs. It's up yeah, there for I'm me. sure some people would debate it, but it's... It is one of the better ones, yeah. for sure. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure, you know, obviously the comic book films really taking off in the early 2000s really helped get this off the ground as well. The writers did Kim Possible, another kind of oh, secret no agent. Kidding. Yeah, secret yeah. agent cartoon. I, yes, I did know that. I did come across that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was one of the reasons why they brought them on for yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. It's, they're like the perfect fit for this. Uh, directed by Mike Mitchell. Uh, he does a lot of kind of family-friendly content. I don't know if He's you looked got at a, his. He's got a great list of movies that he yeah, directed. it's pretty incredible. I think yeah. he did, was it Shrek 2 or 3? One of those. Uh, like Shrek Ever After. Ever, like yeah, 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 exactly. Some kind of early work here by Michael Giacchino, the composer. So the soundtrack, we'll get into the soundtrack, but the actual like composed kind of orchestral music, Michael Giacchino, who's now one of the highest or one of the most popular composers out there who's done um, the most recent Star Trek films. Interesting. And yeah, he, he's really, really successful. A big name in that world. And this was, again, one of his early, uh, earlier attempts came out. This is this was interesting to me. Speaking of Kurt Russell, okay, this came out a year and a half after Miracle. Yeah, very quickly. I think what's interesting is his transformation. Uh, like the character in Miracle, this serious, gruff, 
coach where he really is disappearing into that role, like we talked about on the episode, compared to this lighter kind of caricature of a superhero. Oh, yeah. It's, no, it's incredible. Yeah, so far in the podcast, we've seen him as like a dark and brooding snake Pliskin. Yes. And then <laughs> the very real and intense Herb Brooks. And yeah. now there's this incredibly fun and goofy superhero role. Yeah. It's a pretty broad range. Yes, it is. It's a mix. It is. I think he's very underrated in terms of his range. And this is just a colorful, cartoony role. And I think he nails it in this. A lot of notable faces in this movie. A lot. A lot. Like I've got at a, the time, not necessarily. Right. But they have right. become very notable. Right. Not all of them at the time. They have become pretty, pretty well known. A lot of them. A lot of also superhero connections. I'm just going to go through a quick list yeah, here. Yeah. But you got Mary Elizabeth uh, Winstead. 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 We'll say Winstead, who is eventually in Birds of Prey as a huntress. And so she's in that superhero. Daniel Panabaker later appears in The Flash as uh, Frost, Emma Frost, I think. Yeah, is her name. she's kind of a dual character. Dual character, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she comes up in there. You have Linda Carter in mm-hmm. here as the principal, who was originally Wonder Woman. You also have, just so you know, Ian, this is Daniel Panabaker's feature film debut. And she's not the only one in this movie, where's her first? It's oh. the first time that Stephen Strait, I think, auditioned for anything. Oh, that's right. That's at right. all. I think she had auditioned yeah. or whatever before. This was her feature film. This is also his feature film. Yeah. For those that don't know, Stephen Strait plays James Holden on The Expanse. He's really well known for it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So yeah, and he plays uh, well. War and Peace in this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. This was his first yeah, audition. Yeah, he had never auditioned before for anything, yeah. which yeah. is wild. I think he was previously model. And I think model. he kills it in this movie, but anyways. He's very good. He's kind of got that brooding thing going, but it's also, it's great when you see him kind of loosen up a little bit mm-hmm. and he becomes a little bit more friendly, a little warmer, no pun intended because of his powers. <laughs> Nailed it. So Mary Elizabeth, what did we say? Winstead. 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 Uh, do you remember Ian? Throw a little bit of trivia at you. Do you remember what movie she played the lead in that was a prequel to a previous Kurt Russell movie? Uh, the Thing. Yes. She was. Yeah. They, and it was titled the same. Yes. Even though it was a prequel. Yes. Because they couldn't come up with a better title for it. Exactly. Yeah. They exactly. played the, not the same character, but they both played the, the main protagonist. The lead. Yeah. Yes. Uh, which I thought I think is a really cool connection yeah. there. She's good in that too. When uh, did that come out? I think that's like 2011. Okay. So it's been yeah, out for a little while. Right. Yeah. Out for a little while. Uh, but she's good in that. And the movie's, in my opinion, a little bit underrated. That's a controversial take. But anyway, uh, you also have Dave Foley and Kevin McDonald. Yes. It's, they're so funny in this movie. They're too. so funny. Um, <laughs> both from the kids in the hall who don't know, which for anyone who doesn't know the kids in the hall, they were, uh, I think that was late 80s to early 90s, uh, I believe Canadian sketch comedy show. Yeah. They brought him back, I want to say, did. in the last like five years or so. Yeah. On like Amazon, a, I think. A season or two. Yes. Exactly. And it's bizarre. It's a very bizarre series, but yeah. they're yeah. hilarious. They're very, very funny. They're really funny in this. Yeah. Um, they got brought on specifically because they were comedians. They wanted to bring yeah. on a couple of comedians into it. And yeah. so they brought them into this. They're great in their roles. They're nice little kind of accents, comedic accents to the story, which is fun. I've got to say it. I have to say it. This is Kurt Russell and Bruce Campbell in this movie. Yeah. Maybe the best combo of people, even though they don't share any scenes together. I don't know. If they share any in this movie. They, they are, they're technically in the scene at the end of the, the prom. Sure. Or whatever that is. They're technically in that at the same time, but I don't, they're they don't not interact. on camera at the same time. Right. Another piece of trivia for you, Ian. I'm putting yeah. you under, under the spotlight here. Oh. Do you remember what other film that they did share some screen time together? This was a obviously a Kurt Russell-led film. I have no idea. Okay, they, they were okay. in a movie together. They were. They were. It's a short scene. We're going. We're going back to, and he's under a lot of prosthetics and makeup. But we're going back to Escape from L.A. Oh yes, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, yeah they were next. Yes, to yes. Yeah, they were right. in that together. Short scene where Bruce Campbell, I believe, plays like a botched 
serial killer plastic surgeon or something. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's a fun one. Some interesting notes here from the director, uh, which I thought was really, really cool on this movie. He wanted this to be a world where the adults are all insane and the girls are smarter than the boys. I did read that. I heard that quote. Right. Yeah. Knowing that, I think you can definitely see it, how the, the adults, especially the parents, are basically cartoon characters. Yeah, I mean, insane is a, is a strange word for it. They're just like out of touch. They're yes, unaware. Exactly. They they're very unaware. Yeah. Uh, they feel like they're almost in a different movie. I think Mary Elizabeth Winstead, especially when she goes into her villain mode, almost kind of feels like that as well. She gets pretty cartoony. Um, and her little sidekick guy, he's pretty cartoony as well. But anyway. Yeah, now, you say her little sidekick guy, who's played by Jim Rash, first that's of true. all, who we all that's know is Dean Pelton from Community. Yes. He's hilarious in this. Yeah, he is. He's such a good second man in yes. any kind of scene that he's in. Yeah. And he's funny in this, too. He's, he's really good in this. And he's, Mr. Uh, Stitches, I think is his name. Yeah, I think that's right. He's dressed like a court jester. Yeah, I jester. don't know what he is. He's yeah, <laughs> but he's really funny. He's another one that has his kind of alter ego that's completely opposite from his, uh, you know, from his villain character. He also, the director for the, for the teenage actors, which are a lot of them, he had them all in separate trailers because he was afraid they would start dating each other oh. and making for an awkward production if anyone broke up. So That's he made them kind of keep their distance as teenagers, which makes sense. Makes sense. And just a little, uh, you know, kind of follow-ups to Sky High here. In 2016, Ian, they announced that a sequel was in development. Oh, yeah. But obviously nothing came of that, unfortunately. And then in 2019, the director, Mike Mitchell, he talked a little bit more about it, and then he wanted to make a sequel called Save You, Save University, Mm -hmm. and featured the original characters from the movie. But I think, I don't know, maybe we'll see another film where Will Stronghold and his his now wife have kids. Maybe they're going to school because it's been almost 20 years since this thing. Maybe. I don't know. I don't so, see it happening yeah, at this point. I don't know. It's, it's a shame. It, it would certainly be kind of circling back to that style of superhero movies that we don't really yeah. have anymore. We don't really have anymore, even though this is last thing I'll say here for the kind of production history and kind of how this movie's had an impact on, on the culture. I think it's definitely considered kind of a cult classic. Because it, it made a fair amount of money when it came out. Yeah. But a lot of people nowadays don't, it, it's not really talked about. Nobody regularly. remembers this movie until you mention it. And, and, and then, then they're they like, have oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's, there's, it definitely does have some fond memories. I wouldn't say it's as successful as a lot of other superhero films of the time, but at the same time, I think it does have a following. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of our production history there. Anything else you want to add to that, Ian? There's a couple of names you left yeah. out that I oh, thought okay, would, okay. like Kevin Heffernan, who is the bus driver. Yes, that's right, from Super Troopers. Yeah, Farva, yeah. right? Yes, Farva. Yeah, yep. from Super Troopers, which yep. another hilarious character. And Patrick Warburton. That's right, as the voice, of, the Royal voice of Royal Pain. That's right. He also is in Emperor's New Groove. Yes. But more importantly, he voiced a website for the Cheese and Burger Society where he read the <laughs> details of different burgers out loud. And it's amazing. I That's found the YouTube video dude. of it. That's incredible. Where it's just him reading it, and it's, it's amazing. I love that. He's got such a great voice. He does have a great voice, man. He's fantastic. I forgot about him being the voice of a royal pain. One thing I did find interesting, though, is that when watching the credits at the end of this, yeah. there's a name. It was a makeup for Mr. Russell. Do you know who this is? Who was doing makeup for him? Yeah. No. G. Dennis Lydiard? He's been Kurt since 1989, been with Kurt since 1989. That's awesome. There's going to be more down the road. We can't get into him right now because it doesn't have all to do with this movie, but yeah. it's a fascinating rabbit hole that I got down about him, their relationship together, yeah. and that guy's dad. It's fascinating. But yeah, but he had, I noticed he had his own makeup person. I was like, what is the That's story behind that? And then I, 45 minutes later, out of a Wikipedia hole, it's crazy. He knows Kurt's yeah. face well enough that he does 
I think I think he does his makeup on a lot of movies. I'll have yeah. to pay attention moving forward. I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. That that brings up a whole nother kind of Pandora's box, you could say. Yeah. But but a lot of a lot of times you will see these stars and uh um kind of on camera talent who find the people they like and they just stick with them. Yeah. Like like if it's uh maybe not a stunt double, but a double that that plays right, you when yeah, you're not yeah, available yeah. or a um uh, as a quick aside, uh uh Ian and I were fortunate to meet one of the uh, makeup artists on Saturday Night Live about 10 years ago. Um, or she, That's what she formerly did. And she ended up being uh, Molly Shannon's makeup artist after that show and continuing for the next, that. like, yeah, yeah, for the next several years. I want to say at least like 10 years. And so I think they really do kind of find the people that, that know their face and know what they like, that know how to make them look their best and present yeah. their best and then stick with them, uh, which is very cool. So anything else on your end? No, that's it. Cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah, great movie. Uh, interesting production history there. I think uh, we're probably ready for a little break here. It's a good time for a break. Let's do it. Right. Sounds good. All right, see you, everybody. <laughs> All right, everyone, welcome back. We're ready to get into the meat of this thing, hear more about the story with Sky High, more about Kurt's performance, more about just what makes this such a classic teen superhero movie, family-friendly movie. I love it. It's for all ages. Yeah, Kurt, Kurt plays the commander in this movie, the father to the main character, uh, and a highly beloved superhero in this world. Yes. The commander is implied to be indestructible, although mm-hmm. we know very little else about his abilities except maybe his super strength. Yeah. Throughout the movie, we're seeing glimpses into the character and his obtuseness, but overall, right. Right. what we know is you know we've got this dad who is the strongest man in the world, definitely a supporting role. For Kurt, for Kurt yeah, right? it is. So it is. as the main characters are all the students going in, so it gives us a couple of new angles to see him from, I think, mm-hmm. from a performance perspective. It does. But it's a good role. It is a good role for yeah. him. Like, as we said earlier, it's very different from the other two movies we've covered. He's very, what do you want to call it, just animated in this. Very it, animated. Yeah, but it really is kind of like a cartoon character. Yeah, it playing. feels almost on the verge of, like, stage acting. You know yes, how it does. That you kind of overdo things a yes, little bit? Yes, It's, like, in between that. the yeah. two, yeah. but in a really good way. It really is. Like, everything about... His performance, the way he looks, like he he even has that little uh, kind of Superman curl going. He's got a little oh, bit yeah. of that curl happening, and they really accentuate that that kind of boisterousness or whatever you want to call it with the costume as well. Just those kind of loud oh, colors. Oh, the costume and, is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It is such a ridiculous costume. I know. It's so blocky. It's very chunky. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it kind of sticks out in his gut a little bit. Yeah, like it just, really, it, it doesn't look necessarily great in any no, way, shape, or form. But no. It's funny. I will say too, look, not to get too much too much into Kurt too soon here. I think he's got a good superhero just physique and look about him. I think he has a good goofy superhero. <laughs> uh, I, I wonder what he would look like in modern superhero yeah, movies. Yeah, that's now, true. That's, that's true. But that's because of the way he portrayed this. Right, right. Later movies that he's been in, he has certainly portrayed other characters that yeah. have a grittier edge to them. So I could see true. him pulling it off. It's true. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he is great in this movie. He though. is I, I great think hair. He's, he's got a third haircut. Yeah, uh, this one's a good one. This one is a really good one. It's a real thick head of hair. Oh, real thick. <laughs> <laughs> he he looks really good. He, they got him in that in those like red plaid shirts that you know his, his costume and you know his regular wardrobe matches the colors of the costume and all that. Well, they do for all the sharp. characters. Which is, they really do. They great. do. Another they production do. type of thing, right? Yeah, but yeah, all the is, characters are constantly wearing their color schemes throughout yes, the movie. Yes, they are. Yeah. And so Kurt's always in like red, white, and blue yeah. to some degree. It's very on the nose. The first time you see him, he's wearing the glasses, mm-hmm. and they even poke fun at that. That's obviously a Superman reference that yeah. when Daniel Panabaker appears, and she's like, 
oh, uh, Mr. Stronghold or Commander. And he's like, what? oh, I forgot my glasses. That's yeah. right. And so, yeah, they definitely have some good little kind of shots at Superman in there. But yeah. it's fun, man. He looks great. He looks no, great. yeah, it's a great role. A yeah. great casting for yeah. the role. I'm sure they could have got somebody else to do it. Yeah. But I think he nails it. I think he nails it, too. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So the movie opens up uh, <laughs> with kind of the... I don't know. The main character is kind of talking, like introducing themselves. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Thing. Voiceover, all that. Yeah. yeah the classic yeah. voiceover. And we're in the metropolis of Maxville. Uh, however, the is city- that what it is? Yeah. It's, <laughs> a, it's the metropolis of Maxville, but it has a statue of Liberty in the city skyline that they yes. show as part yes. of it. So I, I, I want to believe that the world building here is that <laughs> this is a separate city and yeah. they move the statue of Liberty. Okay. Okay. To whatever Maxville is. Yeah. That's what I want to believe. Okay. They moved it. They transported yeah, this isn't actually New York Liberty. City. Yeah. Maxville. There is a Statue of Liberty in Maxville, and <laughs> okay. they moved it. Not a duplicate. They Not moved duplicate. the actual, they moved statue. The actual okay, statue. Okay, of Liberty. okay. That's what I want to believe. That's incredible. Uh, movie opens up with tears for fears. Everybody wants uh-huh. to rule the world, uh-huh. and I just want to say right off the bat, the soundtrack to this movie, yeah, is amazing. Yep, it is. It truly is. It's it's now. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's a cover, right? Isn't it a cover of that yes. song by a newer band? Which uh, we can go ahead and get into this now, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but yeah. the soundtrack. Outside of Michael Giacchino's score, there's at least a dozen songs in here that yeah. are covers from the early to mid-2000s of classic 1980s songs. Right. Aside from the cars, just what I needed, because I think they came out in 78 or 79, I think. Um, it's all in that general time yes, frame. Yes, it is. And yes, then it is. redone. Yeah, like exactly. Like you said, in the 2000s. Yeah. yeah. And it feels very of that time, early to mid-2000s. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that it... <laughs> It, it definitely throws you back to those years. Yes. And then I'm like, wait a minute, all these songs came out way before, and I forgot they were all covers yes. from the early yes. 2000s, and that's yeah. why we were hearing them so much back then, too. Yeah, yeah. It's an amazing soundtrack. Yeah, I it listened is. to it the entire time I was writing down my show notes. <laughs> Joe and I listened to it as we were getting as we're ready to record this. this. Yeah, yeah. You should go look it up and listen to it's, it. It's funny because it's very much, it takes you back, at the same, at the same time, it takes you back to both uh, those kind of classics from the eighties from that decade, but also it makes you feel like you're in like 2002. Right. Cause it has that style or that, vibe right. To that it. style to it, even though it's a cover, uh, yeah. from each one of those bands. It's, it's, it's an interesting blend. Yeah. And now so, I was yeah. looking up to see what other movies, cause that everybody wants to rule the world is in a lot of movies. Yes, it is. I feel yeah. like, mm-hmm. and I got two down the de- rabbit hole of <laughs> what the actual song is about. It's actually kind of a sadder song. It's about oh, like yeah. war and how everybody just wants to like take over. Conquer. Like, well, yeah. We don't really use it that way anymore, do we? No, no, no. Nope. No, not at all. It's out of their control now. Especially in this movie. <laughs> no, definitely not in this movie. So it opens up with Tears for Fears, and we we see the main character just trying to lift anything, yeah. and he can't. And there's what, like 150 pounds yeah, there's not, total? Yeah, it's not insane. It's like 150, I think. Maybe yeah. 130. Like with the bar, something. it's yeah. that much. He's yeah. trying to bench press, and he can't do it. He's got no strength. Uh, yeah. And so we're kind of immediately... He tells us he's got no powers. Yeah. He's worried about it. Yes. Uh, what I love is... There's some intro stuff that the parents are talking about real estate because that's their cover. Yes. Uh, they want to go back to Hawaii. They're <laughs> yeah. going to win. And it's, I think, I mean, they play it perfectly. They do play it perfectly. It, they kind of nail it. Kelly Preston and Kurt Russell as the, the real estate real agents. Real estate agents slash really superheroes. It's, it's great. It's so a great he, cover. He's supposed to be getting ready, though, because it's first day yeah. of Sky High. And so Kirk goes up to give him the old dad talk. Yeah. On the edge of the bed. Yeah. Uh, Boy, I love it when he opens the door. The the son has put a bunch of other weights on it. Yes. It's it's like 400 pounds. It's like 400 pounds. (laughs) But when he opens the door, he goes, 
low weight, high reps. Good thinking. Don't, don't want to show bulk up. up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, don't want to bulk up. And I just, the way Kurt says it is so funny. It's so confident. It's and so just, confident. Yeah, yeah. And it's so yeah. like belittling at the same yes, time. Yes, it is. To somebody who can't lift anything. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. oh, low weight, huh? Okay, all right. <laughs> and then he just picks up one of the, one oh, of he's the like, plates and he's just twirling it in his like hand. Like a Frisbee. Yeah. Like oh, it's yeah. like nothing. It, yeah. It's like he's got a Frisbee in his hand. It's great. It's really, really funny. Oh, that's a, yeah, he is. He's really milking that too. Oh. When he's playing with that prop, he's oh, like he, flipping it oh, around. It's all over the place. He's, he's kind of like smacking it in his hand. Yeah, he's doing all sorts of stuff with it. And there's like no care to try and make it look even remotely heavy. So yeah, they have the good father-son talk. He's happy because he's going to his alma mater, and yeah. all that jazz, which... I guess there's other superhero high schools in this universe. I guess universe. so. Is it's it hard. like Harry Potter where it's there's like three or four others? I don't, we don't know. We don't yeah, know. Never, we never learn it. We have to assume yeah. it. Uh, what I like here is, you know, he kind of gives him the talk about how excited he is that like he's going to be a superhero because yeah. the next time I smash a meteor and I had to like stop and think like, wait a minute, he can't fly. So did Jetstream take him into space to destroy a meteor in the past? Can Possibly. they survive in a vacuum? Like Possibly. that's never established. I know, I know. Because if he smashes a meteor... In Earth's atmosphere at any point. Yeah. That's just, I mean, that's devastating. Devastating, yeah. Nuclear bomb, basically. However, yeah. who knows? Maybe in this universe, like, people would just accept that that happens every once yeah. in a while. Yeah, could it just here and there. Yeah. yeah. That's so, true. That's true. But we get an indication of, of how strong the commander is and how yeah. much he has saved the world over yeah. time. And what is it again? He, he's talking about smashing the meteor, and he's like, the next time I smash it, it could smash me or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, you know, like, I could be the one getting smashed. Yeah, so, something pieces. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right. It's that's kind right. of real. It's like, wow, thanks, right. Dad. Yeah. Right, exactly. And yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, he gets yep. up. Kind of tosses him the weight, and the bed crumbles under him. So that bed yeah. apparently can only handle an extra like, like seventy pounds, pounds of weight or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, what I did notice about this kid's bedroom: there are so many posters on the wall. I feel like that was early two mm. thousands movie style mm-hmm. too, of like, oh, a teenager just has a bunch yeah, of posters. high schooler, so or freshman. Yeah, I'm gonna flip the script on you here, Joe. I got a question for oh, you. Oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah, uh, I definitely did not have a lot of posters growing up. I didn't really put anything on my walls right. in high school. Did right. you do that? Did you have a lot of posters? I didn't either. Up? No. Okay. I had a pretty pretty kind of lean <laughs> yeah. decorating sensibility sure. as a uh, high schooler. Uh, no, I really didn't have anything, honestly. I think it was literally just walls, a dresser, and a TV, where it's kind of the bulk of it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, mine was basically nothing as well. I had nothing in my room. So when I see this, I think like, you know, every movie that has a teenager in it, I feel like yeah. they just cover the, it's like wall-to-wall posters. They do. And there's things in the ceilings, like everything. But They do. It feels do like it's almost another... It almost feels like it's another throwback to the 80s because that was huge in like the 80s and 90s yeah. in movies where they would just have right. it plastered. I will say, this is, this is one for you, Ian. Yeah. We'll say for me, uh, in case anyone wanted to know, I didn't do the poster thing, but I did do a thing where uh, in middle school, I had like binders that I would carry my stuff in, like not Trapper Keeper, but like an actual binder, like three sure. regular binder. And I would clip out like pictures from magazines like surfers okay. and like uh, an eagle or something <laughs> and or skateboarding. And uh, I would just tape those on the binder. So the binder by like halfway through the year was just a couple binders that were literally just like collages of images. That's the closest I got to what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like I, an inspirational binder cover. It, it was, was the cover was, or inside the binder. It was the cover. It was the outside of it. So it, over the course of the year, you're making like this collage cover. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's kind of cool. It was, it was fun. It was very much like what a 12 year old boy thought was cool. Like just 
d- just again like surfers and uh I don't know like some people throwing football on a beach or whatever you know just like weird stupid stuff like that people definitely made fun of it but I thought it was a cool thing yeah you world. powered through it meant yeah. a lot to you I got through it Do you I, still I, have any of them I have it in my room perfect yeah we're gonna look at it after we'll this. look at it yeah after okay. this yeah so they have their little talk and then we go down there getting ready for school the parents get a phone call and it's on the other phone the yeah. red flip phone. Yeah, that I don't know who is calling them. It's it's the president, the president it's somebody, governor. It's somebody. I, I don't know. Yes. Well, there's trouble downtown. Big trouble. Right. Okay. Is it a reference? Or not? Right. 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 <laughs> I think it's a reference. I think the way he says it and the way he spaces out that phrase, mm-hmm. trouble downtown. Big trouble downtown. downtown. Yeah. I, I think it's definitely a big trouble in China okay. reference. I think it has to be, man, because it's very clear. Like. And it's Kurt saying it. Yeah. I, I think it is. Yeah. I, it I mean, is. I can see it. I saw other, you know, references that that was a big yeah. kind of nod to Big Trouble in Old China. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, it, it might not have been, but it feels like it. It feels was. like it was. Yeah. It, it really does. So there's Big Trouble downtown, and we've got to take care of this robot. What I love is, is they're getting ready to leave. Like, they just leave the kids, like, later. I think you're, I think you're, I think you're getting ready to say something I'm thinking they're as well. About go to ahead, jump, go ahead. They're go about ahead. to jump down these poles into the base, into yeah. the, like, where they're going to go change or get ready to yeah. leave or whatever. Kelly Preston's character. Yeah. Does this slight skirt? Pull oh, she up, does. Yeah, just like yeah. very slight. Like she kind of like squats down just a little bit. Yeah, and pulls it, up like skirt, an inch and a half. Just kind of like to get ready. She's about to lift something heavy, and she <laughs> yeah. looks over at Kurt's character, and they go, "Yep," and they jump down. This they thing. both jump. And I yeah. just thought it was a hilarious little touch that she added. Yeah, it was a moment. great touch. It was great. I, nobody scripted that. No, she just no, did it. she just did it, and yeah. it worked. I thought you were going to mention the part where she's she gets the uh, client or her yeah, boss yeah. on the phone. She's yeah. like, "We're going to postpone the meeting." Great. And she closed it immediately. Yeah, yeah, there's no, like, no new meeting date. It's just, we're postponing it. It's so great. And I think that really, like... I think she even throws the phone. She might just toss it aside. The, the I love those moments in this movie where it really becomes like again a caricature or a cartoon for yeah. a second. It just cracks me up. Like those are when they really lean into that. To yeah. me, those are the some of the strongest parts in the movie. But it's just like a regular news report. Yeah, it's, or a somewhat standard report of some way. Yeah. Perform. So clearly, this is common enough. This is yeah. happening enough. There's meteors, robots, aliens. <laughs> all this stuff. They're just like yeah. got a robot downtown, <laughs> and they're flying in, talking about back in his lunch and stuff. Yeah. And what I love yeah. about them flying in to fight this. I robot know. I know. Is that. Kurt Russell is just kind of T-post being held yeah. by Kelly Preston. Like she, yeah. she's the one that can fly and she's just kind of holding onto him like under his armpits. Yeah. And then just tosses him. Yeah. She just lets him go and he flies <laughs> like him at this thing. Like the momentum just carries him into the thing and he right. just like punches his way through it or something. Something he, he like that. He just like punches in the chest, kind of gets busted up. Yeah. Uh, but that thing is the size of buildings. Yeah, it it's would huge. wreck everything if yeah. they crash down yeah. into the ground like that. There isn't even a dust cloud that comes up. No. It just it just hits the ground. They're just done. Hits the ground. He takes away that uh like eyeball, eyeball thing. thing. Yeah. 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 A yeah, yeah souvenir. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, a that's a great scene. It's like they're worried about like quote real life stuff. Yeah, mundane right? things. Yeah, right? mundane things. Yeah, this robot ready. is like nothing to them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They've they've done this a hundred times. That's a great that's a great bit. Yeah. Great bit. So then the kids have to go out, they get to get on the bus. This bus pulls up to them and that's from Farva. Yes, Farva appears. Yeah, I can't remember his character's name right now. Actually, I can't remember. It's something very standard, like Rob Thomas. Or, yeah, well, not, not the lead <laughs> singer. Rob Matchbox Tom. Twenty, <laughs> but it's something very standard, like a very standard. Yeah. Name, so he like opens that. the door. They get on, and and they ask, him, "Is this the is this the bus to Sky High?" And he gets yelled at because do you want every supervillain in the neighborhood to know that we're here? Is this neighborhood entirely for super powered people? That's a great question. Because there's a bus full of kids. Otherwise, they're driving all over town. Yeah. to pick up every kid with superpowers. Right. Is this so common that there's just supervillains living in the suburbs? Yeah. 
they're that's, just everywhere that's the world here. building I have yeah. is that they're just yeah. everywhere. That's a great question. Like, is this like John Wick where it feels like every third person that exists is an assassin? Right. Yeah. No matter who you go past, they yeah. got superpowers. They're just right? everywhere. Yeah. That's a really good question. I think it does I mean, say, you know, in the, I don't know, the promo or whatever this, it's like a world where this is common. So right. there's multiple supervillains in that in neighborhood. In that neighborhood. There's multiple heroes there. I mean, you got, there could be a case to be made for that because especially with uh, Daniel Panabaker, her characters, I mean, I assume she's a neighbor, right? She's yeah, pretty close like to them. She walked over to their house. And yeah, she walks over. She's obviously powered as well. And her mom so, is a superhero, too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because so, I've yeah. to animals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we meet some friends in the bus, and then they kind of make their way up. I like how the one friend, Zach, spells the word tough. Oh, and yeah. A real, a real tough summer, man. <laughs> T-U-P-H. <laughs> Like, is, is that the that? kid that can glow? Yeah, it's yeah, the glow kid. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna say right now we might yeah. bring this up later. Sure, but I think Glow Kid is low key one of the best characters in the movie. He's pretty funny. He's really funny. He's funny too because he's the same way all the way through. He never yeah. changes. He never breaks, and it pays yeah. off because of it. Yeah, it really does. He's he's like kind of cocky. Yeah. <laughs> Like, what were those shells that people would wear? Oh, like puka shells. Puka shells. He gives yeah. me like a puka shell kind of. Yeah, vibe he does. A bit, yeah, right? he's like bored and he's got that yeah. like dyed blonde bleach. Oh blonde yeah, hair. just bleach blonde yeah. hair. Yeah, it's really good. He's funny. he's funny, man. He's funny. They drive this bus to take these kids, and they absolutely launch. Yeah, off of a bridge. Yeah, they're at least at fifteen hundred feet, if not three thousand <laughs> feet up. So like, what? How do they launch that high? Because the bus launches and starts to careen towards the ground uh -huh. before it transforms at fifteen to three thousand feet. You can still see this thing. Yeah. So once again, you want every supervillain to know that we're here. Well, they know now, but they know now. every day you're driving off of this unfinished bridge uh -huh. to launch uh -huh. yourself. Yeah, exactly. It reminded me a little bit of Speed. Yes, Keanu oh, Reeves. 100%. Because uh, obviously in speed, mm -hmm. uh, the bus flies off the unfinished bridge, but somehow clears like a 50-foot uh, gap uh, that's going like almost uphill. <laughs> yeah, it's like an uphill jump. <laughs> yeah, but this is like the kid's version of that where obviously it's a rocket ship yeah. bus. He only straps those kids in, though, so he can do that barrel roll at one point. Oh, yeah, he does the barrel roll. Like, that's yeah. it. Otherwise, there's no reason to strap these kids yeah, in. Yeah, I forgot about the barrel roll. It's really funny, though. So they get in this bus, and they just take <laughs> off into the sky. And he gives them a little talk about how the school is up at altitude, and it's always constantly moving. Yes. So that yep. nobody knows the, the actual location. Right. Only the bus drivers. Only the bus drivers. No. Doesn't seem true because how's everybody else get there? But yeah, that's a good point. Obviously, in typical high school, you have a mix of kids that get dropped off by the bus, kids that get drive themselves, yeah, and kids that might the parents might drop them off. We're seeing right when they step off, you see two kids fly in like over their shoulders. Yes, yeah. So I wonder, do those kids just fly there? Well, that's unclear because I think we're we're meeting other characters here when they arrive at the school and. It seems to me like it's just a show off of different powers like right. the kids can use. So I think yeah, the kids were right. already there and they were just flying They're over just flying to the around. school itself. Yeah, could could have been. Could have been. Yeah. The adults still <laughs> have to get there though. Yeah. All the teachers have to get there. Yeah, are they exactly. just hopping on a bus? That's true. That's true. Um I'm clear. Yeah. How kind of sad too. There? I wish we could meet other bus drivers now that I think about it. I know. We just meet the one. I'd love to meet yeah. all of them. There's at least four or five like buses. Like if the team there. of them and like they, they had to like rally the buses at some point yeah, to like protect the school something. or something. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler, you don't get you don't get that in the No, movie. you don't you just get you the don't. one. You don't. So they arrive at the school. I looked it up though. Hypoxy doesn't start till eight thousand feet. Okay. And cumulus clouds are low level at like sixty six hundred feet. Okay. And on a warm or hot day, it could easily be in the 50s or 60s at that altitude. So it's not impossible. Interesting. That this is up there. I mean, All right. Assuming we're going to accept that the anti gravity, anti -gravity works, yeah, actually works. Right. Having said all that, yeah. I buy it. 
it's not distracting in this movie. The tone it, the movie sets, no, it's like, no oh, of course, yeah, I, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. I read, I'm trying to remember where it was. I, I read briefly about where they actually shot the high school scenes. Yeah. Good looking school, though. It looks cool. Yeah. It kinda, it, like those, that big entrance, mm-hmm. the big glass windows. It almost reminds me of the, what is it, in Back to the Future 2, the big clock tower yeah, building they like crash that. into. Yeah, kind of look. Yeah, exactly. Look, yeah. yeah, exactly. But, almost uh, like a museum kind of look to it. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I mean, I wouldn't mind going there. I'd go to school there. Yeah, I would too. Sure, yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, we meet some other main characters at this point. The cheerleader, Penny, who can turn into a bunch of copies Yeah, of like multiple girl or whatever. Yeah, I think yeah. played by a pair of twins, actually. It is played by twins, yep. Uh, yep. Lash and Speed, a couple of yeah. no good seniors. I don't know if they're seniors or what they yeah, are. They're definitely they are. been kind around of bullies, been around yeah. there a little while. I read this. I thought it was a very cool choice that typically speedsters are very like wiry, pretty mm-hmm. athletic, but he's built more like a football player, Yeah, which I thought was a really cool choice for this. Really well, kind of turning, flipping When he auditioned for it, that they were going for that kind of original speedster yes, thing. He yes. auditioned. They liked him so much that they modified the character yeah. to kind of fit his yeah, like a little I, bit I bigger that. build. Yeah. Which was, was pretty cool. It was a cool choice. Yeah. I mean, it's a nice decision. And it works just it's, fine. It does really work. It does really work. So Lash and Speed. We meet Gwen, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yes. And then my favorite thing here is that we get a couple of guys with laser vision who zap a girl in the butt, and then she freezes both of them. Yep. I mean, just nobody cares. No That's one cares. It. It's just... And just walks away. Yeah, they're just like, ah, eh, this is, is what it is. This happens yeah, all the time. Yeah. These guys, these guys are jerks. Whatever. Yep. And I think, not to step on it, but I think in like Act Two somewhere. Oh, I have a note. Yeah, that they reappear. <laughs> they're it. still frozen. So it's at least twenty four hours later <laughs> because it's like at least the next day at uh-huh, school, uh-huh. if not even later than that. And yeah. they're still frozen out there. Yeah, they're just frozen. They, these kids have parents. Is yeah. nobody asking where these kids yeah. are? No, apparently not. It's kind of like Harry Potter in that way. It's like, yeah, there's obviously elements of danger and just ludicrous things happening here, but right. parents just send them out. It's like, yeah, they'll be fine. They'll, yeah. I'll see you in the summer or whatever. And yep. so yeah, it's pretty funny. So that's kind of Act One of this movie. Right. We kind of get the set up. Go ahead. Well, well I was, I was going to say how the amount of Dutch angles in this movie. Yeah. It is incredible. It starts out. I mean, they definitely have them in the beginning, but they well, hit what's them a Dutch hard. angle first of all. Oh, first of all, yeah. Let me explain it. You know, obviously your typical camera angle is going to be set up where it's pretty straight on. Everything looks level in yeah. frame. You know, kind of like you would be seeing it if you were just standing there. Uh, but Dutch angle is when they will take the camera and they will tilt it, so the screen looks kind of canted. So basically, and it could be varying degrees. It could look like it's like forty-five degrees, pretty extreme. It could be just a little bit to kind of allude to something might be amiss. So it just depends. But in this one, they really go for it and they do it a lot. I and mean, they sometimes hit feels like 60 degrees. Yeah, they go over the top. They go of for it. it. I think they even have some that might start out straight and then tilt Turn, yeah, as yeah, the yeah, as the camera ones, moves. Yeah. And I will say when I started it and they started doing it, I found it to be a little much, but the more I was watching the movie, I was like, "You know what? No, this works. It's just part of the whole like cartoon thing." It's just thing. ridiculous. Yeah. It is. It is. It really helps lean into It gives into a little the, bit of the vibe of like the comic book panel. Yes, it does. It yeah. does. Yeah. Um so I like it. I think it's a good use of it. So, but I'd agree. Go ahead. Well, no. we get a lot of it in the scenes coming up here. The yeah, second act of right, this movie kind of right. starts off with the gym class where the kids have to kind of reveal their powers. So the big part of this <laughs> is, are you going to be a hero or a sidekick? Uh-huh. This is where our good friend Bruce Campbell comes in yes. as Coach Boomer. Yes. And he's deciding, you know, who's going to be who. Yeah. His word is final. Yeah. And so you got you got everything from like the nerd who turns into a giant rock monster. You've got the glowing yeah. kid. We've got a kid who can turn into a puddle. Gerbil girl, I, gerbil girl, gerbil girls there, yeah. but like puddle kid, that doesn't seem like sidekick material. They act like it because he's kind of a little nerdy kid right. or whatever. Right. 
But he can turn into liquid and move. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't think they show when he reveals his power that he can move when he's doing it. That's but true. He, he moves, just turns into a puddle. Right, he just sits, splashes down. That's, but that's later in the movie, they show that he can move, and that's a big deal. Because he can basically get deal. in and out of anywhere. Because then you got to do with six arms, and he's a hero because he has six arms. Right, exactly. That's yeah. nothing. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorites, the girl that turns into a giant ball when she jumps into the air, and he just kicks her off screen. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> There's a lot of great, like physicality in this movie yeah. where they will take one of these like 13 year olds and just throw them into like a concrete pillar. Oh, tons of times. <laughs> just like toss them around the room, bounce off this pillar. Then they get up like, uh, all right, they shake it off and what happened, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. That happens a lot. Uh, yes. There's a ton yeah. of those gags in this movie. Yeah, it's really great. Um, and so yeah, this girl, she yeah, just like yeah. jumps and does like a backflip. It turns into a giant, like beach ball or whatever, <laughs> not even a beach ball, some sort of ball, and he just kicks her. Kicks her right her off the stage. Kick. Yeah, yeah. Let me, I'm going to back up just a yeah. second here. So this scene is pretty pivotal or crucial to me because we are introduced to one of my favorite actors of all time, that is Bruce Campbell. Sure, but yeah, it's great. you and I are huge, both huge Bruce Campbell fans. fans. Uh, I think you mentioned on one of our earlier episodes how you and I met when we first Got to know each other. We watched Evil Dead 2 together. Yep. Uh, and it is a fantastic movie. Bruce Campbell's at the center of that, obviously. And seeing him in this, along with Kurt Russell, it blew my mind. I was like, there's no way we're getting these two incredible personas <laughs> in the same movie. Even though, again, they don't share any scenes together. Yeah. But the fact that you have both of them hamming it up as much as they can in the same movie. He's phenomenal. He's great at the role. He's yeah. like, no nonsense, gym coach, whatever. He plays that goofy kind of character really, really well. Yes, he does. Yeah. He's really good. I buy him as a gym teacher. I, sure. think, he, I think he works for it. And so, Is that a compliment? Yes. Okay. It's sky high? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's a great moment. I think it's another great casting choice. And again, for a for a kind of a modestly budgeted film, mid-2000s that's just kid superhero movie it really is it kind of speaks to just like the strong casting in this movie yeah and so i, I think it's i think it's pretty underrated no, as, as one of the parts of this movie no it's so, it's fun yeah. to have him in it yeah it is it is got a couple other ones acid spit doppelganger yeah. turns <laughs> yeah. into him then he slaps him in the butt which questionable <laughs> uh the girl turns into the guinea pig and then layla refuses to showcase yeah, her powers. Yeah, show her powers. Yeah, yeah. you know, when the situation demands it, and I love yeah. his reply, <laughs> yeah. this is the situation, and I demand it. Yeah, exactly. And she refuses. So she, she becomes a sidekick. Yeah, yeah she thinks the, the whole labeling is ridiculous. Yeah, she hates all of it. Yeah. I yeah. got another question for you, Joe. Yeah. If you had to pick one of the sidekick powers, which one would you pick? You, you can turn into a giant ball. You can turn into a puddle. Gerbil. You can glow. Glow. Or you can turn into a guinea pig. Are we counting Daniel Panabaker? No. Okay, she is technically... She doesn't reveal her powers there. No, no spoiler, but... We'll talk about her powers right. later. You don't, okay. get, you don't get to pick from her. Okay. I'm probably going with the puddle. Okay. Yeah, because, again, you do see that you can move as yeah, the puddle. Yeah, it's one of the betters. If you ever lock yourself out of your house... <laughs> yeah, worst you case scenario, you right in there. Uh, you ever need to get into any tight space, which I think is kind of underrated. I think that could come in handy more than you would think. Yeah. I'd go with the puddle. What about you? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the guinea pig. It'd be kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know why. Yeah. I, I like that the guinea pig takes on her hairstyle. I was getting ready to say that. Yeah. That's a great touch that she has that. <laughs> She's like a purple streak. Slash yeah. or streak. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, the guinea, guinea pig, pig has it. a little. Yeah. That's a great touch. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I like that. Not and that when I she, have any streaks in my hair. She can talk as the guinea pig. That's but, ridiculous. Yeah. It's whatever. like that yeah. little like squeaky voice. Yeah yeah. 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 That's pretty good. So we go from there to lunch. Mm -hmm. And we know that coming up next is going to have to be Will, 
who yep. still hasn't manifested his powers. And it's a big deal because Bruce Campbell points him out specifically. He's like, you're next right. when we come back from lunch or whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's a big moment. There's a transition here where there's a kid, the doppelganger looks like Bruce again. Yes. It's a pretty good transition. Yeah, it's it a pretty good effect. Is. I kind of wonder if they made Bruce wear a wig for it. I think they did. I think they had him at least go like kind of as close as they could, like halfway between. Yeah. With like a wig and a hat or something yeah. like that. But it's clean. It, it looks really good. It's a really yeah. good transition. Yeah. Uh, there's a mention of hero sandwiches that the psychic shouldn't be eating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of awkward moment there. Like, why is the food different? Yeah. There's a lot of little touches like that in this yeah. movie. Uh, just puns and stuff they're playing around with. Yeah. So I don't know. They one. eat lunch. I honestly don't remember a lot about the lunch. It's just kind of your <laughs> run-of-the-mill lunch. So, you know, we meet Warren Peace a little bit. He's That's staring saying, down Yeah, Will. we see him there. Yeah. We learned that Will's dad put Warren's dad in jail. In prison, yeah. Because he was a you know bad guy for like three life sentences right. or whatever. But his mom was a good guy. Yeah, or a good good, guy. good Good gal? Good gal, I guess. Yeah. Good gal. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, but that's all we really hear. So, yeah, that's yeah. it. And they run into Gwen after lunch. Yes. Who we then have in another amazing throwaway line. She kind of meets them and she compliments Layla on her skirt. Yeah. She says, I like your skirt or whatever. And then yeah. she talks to Will about being on the homecoming or whatever yep. committee. And then as they're walking away, the characters are off screen. I think we just see Will. And you just hear Daniel Panabaker go, I don't think she really liked my skirt. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just again, it's a little throwaway line. Yeah. That I who knows if they actually if they record on the spot yeah. or they record it later. But I just love that it's in there. Yeah. They just say that. I didn't catch. That. Yeah. That's that's a good catch, man. I don't think I got that one. I like yep. that. I like so that. then we cut back to the gym class again. It's Will's turn. He's standing up there. And yes. he Finally, lets Boomer know. I don't. I don't have any powers. Yeah. And so, what does he do? What would you do if a kid tell you he has no powers and his dad is a super strong superhero? Well, what is? I'm trying to remember what Bruce Campbell. He drops a car on him. He, yeah, that's right. He has a button where he can just drop a car. From that's the ceiling right. And he goes car, and he presses the button. Yeah, that's right. And it almost smashes. This it kid. almost smashes him. Like he lays down immediately. Yeah. And it almost kills him. Right. And the Bruce Campbell's just like. Oh, you're actually serious. Oh, you can fly. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then yeah. he what does he do? Oh, he yeah. Catapults him into a, into a concrete pillar. And the kid just kind of gets up at that point. So once again, we've clearly established it in this world. Powers or not, if you have superhero parents, you must have some sort of resilience. All yeah. these kids must have some super resilience. Yeah. Because they're just getting flung around yeah, the school around like ragdolls. It's great. It's great. So that's, it, a, that's pretty much all we get here is that because then he goes straight to the nurse, I think. Yeah, straight to the nurse. Oh, gosh. I'm trying to remember who's the nurse. She mm. was in, I want to say Young Frankenstein or She was in Young Frankenstein. Cloris Leachman, I think. That sounds that, right. Yeah. Yes, yes. Good little cameo by her. I think oh, it's her it's only fun. scene. And she's really goofy too. She yeah. plays it really, really well. The whole um, analogy she does with the sucker and the popsicle stick yeah. was nice. It was a nice, nice little. Yeah, what kind. I really liked is her line about, you know, kids who get bit or submerged in toxic waste gain their powers the next day. Or they die. Or they die. And it's just yeah, like, it's great. How, again, once again, how often is this happening? Exactly. There's all these kids out there getting tossed into toxic yeah. waste or getting it's bitten by insects. Willy nilly. Yeah. And some of them die. And it's like, yeah. well, it is what it is. There they go. <laughs> See ya. It's insane. Yeah, it's great. Her timing on that line is really good. Yeah, she's, she's, she's really funny. Very, very good comedic delivery. Yep. Now we go home. We finally, he returns home. Yeah. The parents believe, you know, first day of school, he's revealed his powers. Yeah. He's already said, you know, don't overdo it, son. Like, don't, mm-hmm. you know, don't show anybody up or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is a really good scene of Kurt Russell's the commander just not listening. Yes. Like, not seeing things. You know, Will's too afraid to tell his dad he doesn't have powers. He's trying to at first. He's and just not listening. He's yeah. not listening to him. Yeah. So they go down into the secret sanctum where he gets kind of the overview. We see all yeah. these 
you know, artifacts or weapons that he's collected, that the yep. commander's collected over the years. Yep. I think the Inner Sanctum's really cool. I yeah. think it's, um, I don't know, it's obviously a reference to the Fortress of Solitude with sure. Superman. It looks it looks good. Like, it's it's very much of that time of the early to mid-2000s where it's like the Spy Kids with all the, like, kind of weird tech that looks like it's kind of, I don't want to say cheaply put together, but it just looks very cartoony. Like, yeah. the whole environment oh, looks the like whole this. Thing. This looks it like built at Disney. Yeah, it does. It looks like it was built at Disney World for like some sort of for, for the kids. That's exactly what it looks like. But it works. It totally works for the movie. Yeah. Again. And so, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a nice little getaway down there. I like it. Yeah. So, Layla comes over. I'm only pointing it out because she makes an entire tree grow to get yes. up there. Yes. Yeah. And they have her and Will have a nice little talk. They about do. About how it doesn't matter if you have powers or not. Is uh, she. Is she a little hypocritical? Because she says at the beginning, yeah. when Bruce Campbell is putting him through that test, she says she only presents them when it's like necessary or the situation demands it or whatever. Yeah, certainly didn't demand it there. She's just also like, she talks about not eating animals, but has a leather bag. So right, right. I think she's living in the in between. She's yeah, a teenager. I, I think she's, she's a teenager. You know, she kind of you know, flipping whatever. I think the know. only when the situation demands it is more of a you know bucking authority than it is. Right. I, that's else. a that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. It looks good though. I'll say that when she yeah. rises up on that tree. There's some moments in this movie where it's like, you know, that effect still holds up pretty well. She's riding it like it's a... Yeah, it's okay. The tree so? looks a little... Does it look a little shaky to you? Rough, I, yeah. like, I like it. I mean, it's fine. But she's kind of holding on to it like it's like Mary Poppins' umbrella or something. And she's just like gradually gliding up there and yeah. sits back down. They have that apple from it that she brings to Yeah, them. yeah, so, yeah. She yeah. makes an apple. Yeah, she makes an make apple. can't make lemons, though. Yeah, always have problems with lemons, she yeah. says. Yeah. So then we have classes. Uh, All-American boy, Mr. Boy, really funny. A really hilarious mm-hmm. quick change he makes when he dives behind yes. the, the blackboard for yeah, a minute. that's a great one. And then when he's getting yeah. down, he's like cracking joints. It's so funny. Yeah, and that's, again, that's uh, Dave Foley. Yep. Yeah, from uh, Kids in the Hall. Yep. He's really good in this. He does a great job. He actually has, I think, like several scenes. He's really good at that kind of... What do you want to call it? He's just kind of beaten down a little bit by life. Like he's, yeah. you can tell it was like he wanted to be more than a sidekick. He's proud of what he did, but he doesn't really get any recognition for it at all. Right. This is the job he could get, you know, <laughs> but yeah. he's, he's really good at it. And he's naturally just a very funny person. Yep. So then we cut to your favorite thing, Joe. Yeah. A montage. Yeah. Montage. We get a montage of the kids, the sidekicks learning their different skills. And- yes. So, oh, yeah, and they're doing, like, the the utility belt thing yeah. and, like, the wire pulling them up and all that. So it's all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. There's a, yeah. a whole scene of that stuff of them kind of becoming friends. So then, then they go home with Will, so we have meeting the sidekicks. And another time where the commander comes in, and he's assuming that they're all superheroes. Yeah, exactly. So when he starts to meet them and they kind of describe their powers, yeah. it's that awkward, like, oh, like, they really lowered the standards yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, makes yeah. that comment. I, I want to talk about secret identities for a second Okay, here. okay. Like, is there... There's no way that everyone doesn't know who these people are. You're talking about his parents? His parents, everybody. It's just high school kids running around. Yeah. He's in costume coming back into the house. Yeah. They aren't even remotely trying to hide that they have these identities. I think, okay, that's a that's a good question. And it's a little bit unanswerable because we don't really see them ever interact with people outside of the superhero sure. realm. I think that the the real world does not know even though it's such a thinly veiled disguise because they make the reference to the glasses in the beginning where Kurt Russell has to put them off No, and I on. know, I know, I know. Right. I'm just saying. 
They're going into this house. I, like, it's they're absurd. Little, they're a little too uh, flippant with yeah, their... Yeah, <laughs> they're real casual about how much they worry uh, about maintaining these identities. Yeah, or yeah no, I got... You know, you're, yeah, that's true. That's true. So uh, Will goes into the kitchen yeah. with his dad, and Kurt is making a sandwich, and watching him make a sandwich is hilarious. The way he's yeah. slapping the pieces yeah. together is really funny. Uh-huh. It's, again, one of those physicality yeah. kind of gags. Yep. It's really, really funny. Uh, he learns that Will is a sidekick, sidekick. and he blames yep. Boomer for it. Yep. He's starting to blame Bruce Campbell, who's yep. Boomer. That's his name. Yeah. And this is where the phone thing comes up. Yeah, it's hilarious, this, phone, this wireless phone gag. Yeah. It's like I laughed out loud at this. I thought it was so much funnier than... I, it should have been, I guess. It's really funny. When no, it's he, super funny, yeah. He's, getting, he's really mad at Boomer. He, Boomer, I can't believe he did this. This is like revenge on him or whatever for something. He did something bad to Boomer at one point or something. And the phone explodes in his hand because he's so mad. It just crushes it. And then he opens the drawer full of other... Yeah, just duplicate cordless phones. Yeah, cordless phones in there. Yeah. It's, 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 it's just, really good. It's a total gag. It's, it's a really, good really moment. I, I think it's a really great gag. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good So moment. Will tells him, and he kind of says, I like being a sidekick. And then he grabs two Cokes. And goes back in the room. Why did he grab two Cokes? It doesn't matter. It's ridiculous. Yeah. He doesn't hand one to anybody. It's totally irrelevant. It just bothered me. The good, the Coke thing's a good question, though. Does he give one to... Uh, doesn't give it to anybody. He sets one down, and he puts another one in front of him. He just brings them in. And he the opens them for himself. I think he got two Cokes for himself. Is it actual Coke? Is it a Coke label on it? Do you know? Or was it just like a can of soda? No, it's a bottle. Glass bottle with a red top. Interesting. It looks like a Coke bottle. Okay. Well, it's got to be. I don't think it's a Coke placement, though. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, anyway. anyway you yeah. Know. Uh, the parents then talk. They go into the secret sanctum. Yeah. Debating what to do about this. Yep. Another classic gag. I know. He's a playing pool. Puts the cue right Straight through the, the pool cue ball. ball. I mean, like, and it's so, it's really done. It's really done It well. looks good. And it's like, what I love about that moment too is Kurt Russell actually had to do it. I don't know what the actual, because when he does it and the camera pans up and it's him that did it. Yeah. And it sounds really simple. Like that's a simple gag. He just pushes it through the cue ball. But I want to know, what behind the scenes, what that ball was made of? Did he have to hit it like perfectly in the middle I don't know. for it to go through all it the way? Because really he hits good. it dead on. Yeah. Um, and it makes a nice little chunk sound. It does. And the ball doesn't even move. It just yeah. goo, right through it. It looks really good. Yeah. Like those little touches like that, I think, I think we take them for granted because it's just a small little gag. But there was mm-hmm. probably a lot of work that went into making that look as smooth as it did. Yeah. You know? So anyway, anyway. Good scene. Yeah, they talk about a vat of toxic waste and Kurt's yeah. line of, where would we even find a vat of... <laughs> At this it, hour or yeah, whatever. Yeah, the way he says, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking. And again, such good delivery. Yeah, it's, it's great. really funny. It's great. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end, you know, he could always go into real estate. Yeah. And it seems like they genuinely are excited at the idea of him going into real they estate. They are. Which They're, is kind of a yes. sweet moment there with the parents. Yes, it is. Of like, maybe he doesn't have powers. Yeah. But he can do real estate. Real estate. <laughs> and it's like, they're both really into it. They both really love real estate. Yeah. Which, which is, is so funny. It's, it's not really just a funny. cover. They actually like it. They really like it. All right. Yeah. So then we end up back at the school where, you know, we've got a nice little transition of Will being a sidekick. People are treating him differently here. Mm-hmm. We meet Warren Peace again. Again, yep. have to acknowledge that name. An amazing name. Good name. Really yeah. good reference yeah. there. Possibly my second favorite scene in this movie happens where Warren Peace and Will are fighting. Yeah. Uh, Will doesn't have his powers yet. And then eventually he gets his powers. Yeah. And they blow through a wall. Yeah. And Coach Boomer and Mr. Medulla are in there. Medulla's got this giant brain. Yes. And, and they're talking about a date of some kind. Double so, date. Yeah. What if I said it's not just her twin, it's her evil twin? Yeah. 
This Friday, you say? Yeah. Medulla, you, you dog. dog. Yeah, it's, it's so good. It's such a good line. That is great Bruce Campbell It's right great there. Bruce Campbell. It's yeah. such a throwaway. Yes, it's it is. It's just randomly in there right in the middle of that scene. Yeah. And it's so funny. It's really good. I, that's one of the reasons I love this movie is because you have little scenes like that or these, these kind of really good classic actors like Bruce Campbell yeah. are coming in and just doing these throwaway bits yeah. that just are really funny and really work, but they're there for like five seconds. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's great. really, really funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they get in trouble. They have to go into detention, which is a power removing room. Once again, world building here. There's just no explanation as to how it this just room works. works. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's need to be, it's a Disney movie, nope. but if this room exists, a supervillain would have some capacity to use this technology. Yeah. But we're just going to skirt that. It's yeah, fine. No, get around. Not a big yeah, deal. It's fine. We learned that this evil plan is being hatched. We've got a scene back in the sanctum. Uh-huh. The robot eye was a trick. It's actually watching. That's right. Inside the sanctum to see what's going on there. And we learned that this, we don't know who it is yet at this point, but there's some sort of super villain who's watching and, and planning something. Yeah, we see a couple cutaway scenes to the super villain and their little minion, henchman, yeah. whatever, uh, watching through the eyeball into yeah. the sanctum. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of classic bits there, too, with between the two of them. They're really Yeah, funny. they're really good, really good, yeah. So then we get into the technical class. Will has to go into some of these superhero classes now, and he's got to learn how to build things, and he can't, so Gwen offers to help him. Yeah. That's kind of the hook there. She's a technopath. She's a technopath. So she, she can, can build can... things by basically waving her hand over Yeah, it. with her mind, I think. She yeah. She just, like, control right. technical items. With her mind, yeah. Which, again, a lot of loopholes there. That's a like, very... When, when does something become a technical item? Yeah. Yeah, very bizarre powers, very vague. But it's cool. Then we get to save the citizen. Yes, another throwaway line here. We keep saying it, or I keep saying it. Whenever uh, the two characters are talking to each other, they're like, "Ah, remember when we used to use real citizens?" Yes, great, great moment there. (laughs) Who says that? Is that Mr. Medulla? Yeah, I think yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Uh, so they have three minutes to save the citizen. It's it's lash and speed versus. Versus Will, Will and, and Warren Peace. Peace. Yeah. yeah, and they yeah. kind of have to save this doll that's kind of hanging, this mannequin that's Dropped hanging. into like a chomper. A giant blade machine. Yeah. Which it's is insane. Just, yeah, just chop it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's supposed to, they have three minutes to do it. I did time it, and they, they only took two minutes, 15 seconds. So there's 45 seconds in there that we just lose as a viewer. We don't know what happened in there. what happens, because they used up every last second of it, so. Could have been some pretty... This is how I spend my time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they saved the citizen the first time ever a freshman has saved this. Yeah, that's a big deal. Big time. Let, let me, uh, look, Yeah, I'm yeah. going to ask you a quick question here. How long do we think Scott High has been around as a school? Well, clearly since Will's grandfather went right. there. Right, his grandfather went there. his grandfather there. went there, or it seems like his Which grandfather went there. Was probably in like the 50s. Sure. 40s maybe. So we're saying that that school has been floating there. How, how far up did you say? We don't know what's been floating uh, there. That's true, that's true. It could have been something that started floating. That's true. At some other point, they yeah. took it into the sky. That's true, that's a good point. Yeah. But the school itself has existed, for, I yeah. would say, for, at this point, at least 50 years. At least 50. I mean, yeah. in my in my mind, it's been around since, like, maybe the 20s. It's yeah, been I around, can like, 100 that. years old or something. Sure. Anyway, just a, you know, just a quick aside. I was yeah, curious world, what you thought about building. that. Yep. So they finish the Save the Citizen game. Yeah, right? they finish we that. Yeah. They win that. Gwen then visits the house. Yep. And kind of gets in with the parents a little bit there. Yes. Like, it's just, again... He's walking Gwen into the room to go study, and Will turns and makes one of the goofiest faces I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, but she's there to help study and kind of get on Will's good side. Uh-huh. You're kind of starting to get an idea that she's Something's, got ulterior motives. Yeah, something might be going on. Yeah. Um, because she's a senior. Yep. Then we cut to the Chinese restaurant. Will had said he was going to go with Layla there to kind of make up for you know, yep. acting like an idiot earlier. I think these scenes are really, really good. They are good. That, I, was, I was going to say that and, too. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Strait or whatever. Yeah. And I think they are 
again, this is both their first movies. Yeah. Those two together in the scene are excellent. Yeah, they're really good. Like, it's a great... There's a couple things that make it really good. First thing is their performances, which are very good. Like, they're very just solid, like, first movie. Wow, you look really comfortable here, just like you've been doing this your whole life. Second thing is, it's the first time you see War and Peace let down that guard. Yeah. And he's he's really a completely different person. He doesn't ever slip back into, like, bad guy mode at all. He's just kind of like a random guy that's working as a busboy or whatever he's doing. Yeah, he's really uh, nice. Well, uh, Yeah, and he, he's just kind of hanging out, talking to her normally. He's not gruff. He's not snarling or whatever. He's just like talking to her about school and it sucks being a teenager, blah, 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 all that stuff. Yeah. And they're really good, man. But he's kind of playing the older student helping yes. the younger student yeah. situation. That's true. That's true. Yeah. He does it really well. Yeah. They both, he does. I think they crush the scene. Yeah, it it's really, really good. good it's really good. Yeah, it's a nice one. We cut back. They're looking at the yearbook. I think it's actually Kurt's I think it is too. Like a yearbook, younger, very much funny. under him. Yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty nice. Other stuff starts to happen. We cut back to there's going to be prom. There's a party. Yeah, Gwen is mean to Layla and the other sidekicks at this party. Yeah, so Will breaks up with her. They're dating at this point. I guess they're dating <laughs> which or whatever really ever it truly is. Established. Well, no. no, he takes her home, and her dad, which turns out to actually be Mr. Stitches, yeah, like exactly, her, her henchman or whatever. Yeah. Um, is you know there and she runs back out and kisses him on the cheek little, little but this delicate. is like days yeah right? no it's not long this you feels know, this whole this whole movie feels like it's probably what like two weeks maybe or something like i guess it, some of the montage stuff it could be like a month it or could two. be it could be it could be but it yeah. moves rapidly they're dating yeah he breaks up with her in front of the entire party yeah and yeah she's clearly upset about it yeah she's Nobody very upset but also layla shows up and she basically tells her like i don't want to will doesn't want to know you he's sick of you he's annoyed by you blah 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 and this is will's Layla's Will's best friend yeah, has best been friend. for like 10 years. Right. And so he justifiably is like, you said what to her, blah, 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 breaks up with her immediately, kind of builds up a lot of animosity there before the problem. So they go down. He takes her into the sanctum before this. So she kind of gets in there and you can see they steal the gun. Yeah. Kurt and Kelly Preston's character yeah. have been kind of convinced to come to this homecoming party. Yeah, as they're like to, honoring them with some yeah, award or superheroes something. Superheroes of the Year yeah. thing. And so... Yeah. Will doesn't want to go anymore. Yeah. His mom's like, well, I have half a mind not to let you go. He's like, well, I'm not going to go. And Kurt's like, well, hold on. Your yeah, mom said half yeah. a mind. And yeah. he's like, well, Gwen's expecting us. We promised Gwen. Yeah, he's really, he's like, really good. He loves that Gwen has been like uh, sucking up to them. And yeah. He, she's she's definitely just stroking that ego a little bit. It's just the way Kurt uh, acts in those scenes are really funny. Again, he's just missing it. He's missing everything about what's going it's, on here. It's, there's a great moment in there. As you said, again, another toss away kind of line where they interrupt the party. The party stops and they're wearing their superhero tie. Yeah. And, and everyone leaves. And then it's a moment where they're talking to Will about what happened. And I think he just says, like, it just got out of hand. And then Kurt Russell yeah. goes, well, got out of hand. That's good enough for me, honey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Because <laughs> you know that he's just like, well, I still am just happy that my kid has powers. Yeah, that's all he cares about and at this point. of course, yeah. he's popular. He's going to have parties. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah all right, we're It is what it is. It's Chip so off the old funny. Yeah, it's, it's really, really it's, funny. He's got some great just kind of asides like that. So they end up showing up at this party without Will. He's staying at home. And mm -hmm. he realizes in the sanctum at this time That's right. that Gwen is actually related to, in some way, the Royal Pain character yeah. who was defeated by his dad and mom earlier. Yeah, that, that yeah, they, that's kind of, I think we kind of skipped over that, but his dad and mom defeated a supervillain called Royal Pain like yeah. 25 years ago or something. Yeah, something like that. That's, I think, maybe how they met. But yeah, they defeat Royal Pain, and one of the things we skipped over was, I, I think we brushed over it, was the fact that when they defeated Royal Pain, that Royal Pain had this like ray gun thing. Yeah, called the Peacemaker. The peace the Pacifier. Pacifier. Right? Pacifier. Yes. Pacifier. Uh, oh, I messed up the whole time. Yeah, man. Yeah, the whole time. 
So they take the pacifier from Royal Pain mm-hmm. after they beat her. Yeah, beat Royal Pain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> but and the the pacifier is one of like the, his pride and joy. It's on display yeah, it's in the Secret thing, Sanctum, yeah. and then that's obviously what they take. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, they're at this party. They're kind of introduced, and then we get the villain reveal. Gwen comes up to introduce yeah. things, and then she does like a big quick change, and she's in her Royal Pain yeah. costume, which yeah. is ridiculous. We get a couple of fun little cutaways. Mr. Boy is eating a sandwich with the crust cut off. Yes, I think it's, hilarious. It's, it's really funny. He, you know, then eventually catches Josie. So, yes, Robin gets the gun and the commander is like, oh, you think you're going to hurt me with that? And so she shoots him with it. Yep. And turns him into a baby. Yeah. So that's yeah. what the gun does. It turns people into babies. Uh, before yeah. she does that, he says, Royal Pain is a girl? Again, the commander's <laughs> being oblivious to everything. But, like, you look at the costume and, like, it's... It's got like boob guards on it. Yeah, it's obviously it's, it's, it's form fitting. Yeah, right, right. And so, like the fact that he doesn't realize it until now, again, it's it's really hilarious. funny. Yeah. Uh, so turns him into turns everybody into babies. Mister Boy catches Josie as she turns into one and starts to fall, and he starts to pronounce his, his love, love for her. her. Yes. Yeah, uh, before he gets turned into a baby as well. Yeah. yeah. And then Royal Pain reveals a little bit later that she isn't the daughter of. She is Correct. the original. That was turned into a baby by the gun, by the gun, accidentally or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and has since grown back, you know, into 17, 18 yeah. year old. Yeah. So we're kind of teetering on grooming here a little bit because <laughs> she's been dating Will, uh-huh. and she clearly has all of her adult memories still. So yes. a little weird. It's a little weird. It's a little bit weird because she's. If you add all that up, what is she? She's like thirty six or something at this point. Uh, older than uh, maybe older than that maybe yeah she, yeah that's true she's that's probably true. in her 40s yeah because she could have been like an older royal pain when they fought her the first time yeah that's true that's true yeah. so a little bit weird <laughs> we're just gonna he will makes a comment like i was kissing an old lady and it's like, oh yeah and it's she gets big, whatever and it's like uh this is troubling <laughs> as a viewer i'm like this is a little bit troubling but we just kind of keep going yeah yeah so then we get to we learn that uh, she has others kind of helping her. Some of the other evil kids, kids. so to speak. You are realize helping. they're evil. Oh, yeah. It's, it's pretty on the nose. That's the only it's thing. It's super on the nose. That's, that, to me, it's like I wish they would have taken a little bit of a different angle there because the kids that were bullies ended up being the actual bullies. And it's like, might have been a nice surprise if one of the other kids that was nice, kind of like her, yeah. ended up being a bad guy as well. But it is, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, it's a kid's movie. It's fine. It's the direction yeah. it went. Yeah. The sidekicks are in action there. We get a couple of things. The puddle kid legit waterboards the stretchy guy. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, that's true. Flushes his head and he can't get his head out. <laughs> kind, of, kind of disturbing there. Uh, Layla uses plants again, 100% hero level stuff. She like yeah, launches time. plants through a window yeah. and captures all the duplicates of the one Yeah, girl. and like ties them up, suspends them in midair. Yeah, I mean, like, she's, it's, it's she's big probably time. one of the most powerful heroes, to tell you the truth. Yeah, exactly. The guinea pig girl, this is actually my favorite scene okay. in the entire movie. Okay. So they've got to disable this device that's making the school fall. For, for the record, the school is now falling through the sky because yeah, there's some Royal Pain has been anti anti gravity. She's turned <laughs> off the anti gravity yeah, device. Yeah, her and Will fight. Honestly, it's it's just a fight. It's whatever. Yeah, there's not too much to that. So fight, she turns yeah. off the anti gravity. This the the school is falling. The guinea pig mm-hmm. girl has to go through this tube. Yeah. to get to where this device is. 
and she has to chew through it. And it's a picture of this guinea pig. Yes, it's really chewing good. Chewing on a wire. <laughs> yeah. And it is my absolute favorite scene in this yeah. entire movie. That's it's a, so absurd looking. That's a great point, because that's a, that is a really underrated scene, because it's an actual guinea pig, an actual wire, like just holding holding it up. Well, I don't think, I don't think you it's, think it's a puppet? Yes, it's a puppet. It's got to be a puppet. A guinea pig I don't know. I was wire. thinking maybe if they like lathered the wire in some sort of tasty <laughs> thing, and it's like... <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I don't think it's a real guinea pig I hope it is. We're going to have to look that up again, because it looked pretty good. I don't think it looked... Okay. When you look, when we see the picture later, <laughs> this thing looks like a puppet. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious! It is a really funny scene. I, I'm really glad you brought that up because that is a great, just it's a great image. Oh, it's, it's so absurd. Yeah. <laughs> so all the sidekicks get to use their abilities. At one point, you mentioned earlier the puddle kid, yeah. you know, trips somebody. It's a little bit disturbing for him because the speedy guy hits him and like kind of spreads the puddle out. I know, and you're like, what does this do? Yeah, what like, happens to this kid? I yeah, exactly. I guess it just reforms like easily. The T-1000, he just kind I, of I guess reconstitutes so. himself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the school's been crashing. Will stops it just before it hits a house, which the owners of the home, I know, yeah. outside of it, yeah. the voice of SpongeBob. Yep, exactly. And his yeah. actual wife in real life. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Nice little uh, cameo there. Yeah, random yep. cameo. Yeah. And so they save the school. They go back up. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, that's kind of like, yeah, like you get some... You know, the heroes talking to the sidekicks and yeah. the, you know, the real heroes are, are you guys all along yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. You get a nice little uh, peck on the cheek that Josie boy, gives to Mr. Boy. Yeah. Mr. Boy. Yeah. It's a nice little moment. Villains are all in that anti-power room or whatever it is. They're basically yeah. in susp- uh, like prolonged Yeah. All these people that were like, and everybody babies and crash this whole thing into and the ground. kill everyone. And kill whoever on the ground. Yeah. They just get detention. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, a nice little moment. We see that Mr. Medulla mm-hmm. is basically the same person and level of intelligence when he's a baby. When he's a baby, yes. Yeah, he comes out and it's like a baby body, but it's his big head and yeah. face just talking, but he has a little bit of a, a higher pitched voice. Yeah. Great, great uh, character there. I think that was a really And honestly, choice. they did a pretty good job putting his face on a little baby. On the baby body. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Because all the other babies turn into actual babies. His is a baby, but with his actual face exactly. superimposed on top yeah, of it. Yeah, it, it looks, looks good. Really funny. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's nice. It's really nice. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. What, anything else after that? Really? I mean, that's I mean, kind of wraps it. up. He kind of will just says, you know, oh, you know, at the end of the year, my you know girlfriend became my arch enemy. Oh yeah. My, my arch enemy became my best friend. Yeah. And my, my best, best friend, friend became a girlfriend, girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. It, what's kind of funny is like, are him and War and Peace really best friends? I feel like War and Peace and Layla are friends. Yeah. I don't feel like Will and War and Peace are actually friends. No, at this I don't think I don't think they're friends, but I do think they have each other's backs. That's fair. You they know? respect each other. Yeah, they respect each other, which is which is cool. Yeah. If they were gonna make a sequel, I'd like to see more of that. I'd like to see more of these two guys that don't really like I heard each other. Something that War and Peace and Layla we're meant to get together in the sequel. Oh, really? Like they end up Ooh. as a couple. Interesting. Which I could see. I could see it. They work well together. They did. They had some chemistry there. I was kind of surprised they didn't explore that more. Like, because they pretend that they're going to be going to prom or whatever it is together. And yeah, she's to pretending she's mad. into yeah. him. I was kind of, kind of surprised they didn't have a little bit of him giving that back to her, you know, a little bit of that energy. But yeah. no, he's just not interested in, in anyone. Yeah. This yeah. isn't 10 things I hate about you. No, it's not. Good movie, though. Yeah, another great movie. Yeah, great movie. If they had superpowers in that movie, lights can you imagine? Out. Yeah, lights out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that kind of wraps it up. I mean... I think so. I pretty think it quick ending. To. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, yeah. Y'all, the end of this movie is rapid fire. It really is. It just it, happens. It comes quick. It gets into the credits pretty pretty quickly. Gets people in and out of the theater, man. And so... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it wraps it up for the actual movie plot. Uh, time for a break? I think it's time for a break. Okay. Let's do it. 
Okay, everyone, welcome back. Time for uh, one of my favorite parts of this show. We tend to judge the performance here of good old Kurt based on what would Goldie think. Goldie Hawn, Kurt's uh, partner for decades now. I'm going to kick it over to Ian here and see what he thinks, what he give it out of scale, one to ten Goldies. Yeah, I think Kurt is hilarious in this movie. It's not a big role, so it only has a few moments to mm-hmm. judge this off of. Yeah. However, I think he does a really, really good job with the goofiness of the concept yep. and balancing it. It's hard comparing this to Snake or to Herb. Yeah. It's so different. Uh, I think I gave Snake like an eight yep. or eight and a half or something like that. seems hard to give him more than that mm. for this. I feel comfortable with a seven. Uh, I do want to clarify again, this is the Goldie scale, so a seven is still an amazing performance. Yes. Uh, but I'm going to give him a seven on this one. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty close to that too, honestly. It is a very different performance from him. I can't think of another movie where he's so, outside of maybe Captain Ron, where he hams it up so much. But having said that, he's perfect at it. Like no, The execution is... exactly what the movie needs. Yeah, exactly, him. exactly. Yeah. Him, uh, from both him and um, uh, Kelly Preston. Um, I'm pretty close to you on there, though. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Okay. Which brings us to 7.25. Ooh. Yeah, so okay. that's, a, that's a big one there. That's a big one. I, I agree, though. I think that um, this type of performance... And the way he executed it, even though it is a pretty one-dimensional character, it just works in terms of like the formula for the movie. Like that's what they needed. They needed this Superman-esque and I guess kind of Wonder Woman-esque type characters to really balance out these. It it makes it as like a goofy dad version of those characters. It does. Now, I did make a promise, Joe, in our first episode, and I got to pull back here again a little bit. On the Pliskin meter, where does the commander fall for you as far as cool characters? Oh, the coolest? Yeah. I think this is probably a. Uh, it's actually for me. This is probably a seven. Okay. I mean, mid tier, mid tier. Yeah, mid tier. Because he coolness. is like when when you look at Snake. Snake is so iconically just low key cool. Yeah. Like he handles He's himself. Gritty cool. He is very gritty cool. This is this is cool, but in kind of a fun dopey way. Yeah. I, I think it's cool, but not the same type of cool. If we're talking about like. As you said, gritty cool. If we're talking about that scale, I think he's definitely still outweighs it yeah. by a couple points. Compared yeah, well, you to said Snake Amanda. was the coolest he's ever been, so yeah. I'm just going to keep checking in. On yeah, 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 no, that's, that, a good, you know? that's a good question. Yeah. yeah, that's a good question, but I, I would still give it to Snake. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. And also, you know, we're going to move on to the rules here because this is, this is again, one of my favorite parts of the show. Yeah. You know, for anyone that doesn't know, what we like to do is we like to take little life lessons that we can learn from Kurt yeah. And his performance, or maybe just the movie itself, sure. that we can apply to our lives. I'm going to start out here, and we'll just do a little back and forth. It's a great idea. Uh, just for anyone that doesn't know, we haven't heard these before. This is the first time we're hearing these. Mm-hmm. So we're going to run through these top rules for each other, and then we're going to pick our favorite from our list here. So I'll start out. My first rule here for life, keep extra phones around. <laughs> So yeah. as we, we talked about this scene earlier in the film, the commander, he's kind of losing his cool. He crushes a cordless phone in his hand easily because he's extremely strong. And he opens up a drawer and there's probably, what, 10 extra phones in there of the same make and model. Yeah. He gets out another one immediately. Now, I know this sounds like a goofy rule, but you think about it, especially today's day and age. We don't really use the cordless phones anymore, mm. but but cell phones, I mean, how many times... Have, hopefully it doesn't have that much, but where your phone is damaged or you lose it or whatever, and you're in a tight spot. You feel like you're naked without it. So you're going to leave this if we select that and buy an extra phone to have on hand. Yeah, probably so. Okay, makes sense. Hey, yeah, live by the rules you preach. Die by the rules. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, but keep extra phones around. And I'm telling you, I mean, how many times have you been in a spot where if it's not working, you would you would kill to have an extra phone? Yeah, to, I've been there twice in my life. Yeah, see, and those terrifying. are... Terrifying. Yeah, it is very terrifying. And I wasn't a superhero. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. 
You the, need extra support. Gotta keep an extra hero support. Around. Yeah, <laughs> to come I need up hero with that, support. Uh, that's right. <laughs> All right, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> All right, my uh, number one is secure your sanctum. Mm. You know, if you're gonna store the most dangerous artifacts oh, yeah. in the world, maybe lock it up just a little bit better. Yeah. So that's a good rule, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I will say I I respect the fact that he didn't let his son in the sanctum until he was at Sky High, until yeah. he was a freshman, which is great. But at the same time, yeah, it was a little little loose a little there. Loosey goosey loose with the that. rules. I would have expected yeah. at least maybe a double palm print. Yeah, like something. We can go down together. Yeah, like for there's a trial period where yeah, they go he down. He just tossed the keys to that sanctum. Yeah. yeah. He's like, this is all yours now. And he wrecked it. Yeah. That's a that's Secure a good your point. sanctum, man. Secure your sanctum. I like that. Yeah. That's pretty good. All right. My number two is, I think you're going to like this one. Okay. Don't be afraid to let loose. Ooh. So this one to me comes down to Kurt, not really the character, but the Kurt's approach to the character. Yeah. So Kurt Russell, again, we talk about his skills as an actor and his range. And I think, again, as I said a little bit ago, this is the one of the times where we really see him just go in extremely hammy and ham it up. Maybe maybe compared to Big Trouble in Little China, you could you could compare. There's some comparisons there. But uh, he's really coming into this role, even though it's a supporting role. You can tell he's really committed to a performance that is completely uh, kind of cheesy, um, but also just really works. Like he, he really found that perfect balance of that dopey dad and cocky superhero and can, I think, put them together very well. And, and it's really, you can tell he's letting his hair down a little bit when yeah. he does this. And so, yeah, that's, not, that's my second one. Don't be afraid to let loose. I like it. I'm going to skip to my number three because oh. there's some overlap there. Okay. Uh, my number three was Love What You Do. Oh, okay. And I think it's pretty much what you just said. Uh, it goes into... Kurt just absolutely loves his job. He has a great passion yeah. for acting. Yeah. But gets into whatever role he actually has. Yeah. Whatever he, the role needs, Kurt's willing to do it. If he it's a small bit, he does it really well. If yep. it's the main character, he does it. He just loves what he's doing. And you, like you said, you see it come to play in this movie. Yeah. And every scene that he's in, he's just yeah. goofy. He's fun. He's silly. Yeah. And it's exactly what the role needed. Yeah. And I, it, it can only happen because he's just loving every minute of it. Yeah. You can tell he's having a blast. Yeah. Okay, so you skipped to number three. Well, I can't wait. Well, because it was the overlap. It was the overlap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I get it. I get it. Okay, well, here's my number three then. It's a little, it might be a little controversial because I I take it away from this movie and that this is maybe a lesson that Kurt's character learned, Mm -hmm. but I've got patience as a virtue. Okay. As you said a couple times here, like he had a really kind of a hard time listening to his yeah, his son. Yeah, you know the fact that his son was a late bloomer. He he eventually did like accept that his son could get into real estate if yeah, he wasn't yeah, a yeah, superhero. Yeah. But I think just the fact that he eventually did get his powers um, that made his dad really happy. Obviously, but I think that his dad was learning a lot during the time of really learning how to, you know, good things uh, come to those who wait, mm-hmm. and um, you know, even accepting his son for who he was, even if he didn't have such powers. And so, yeah, patience is a virtue. That's what I, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah, it's a good one. I'm going to go now to my number two, okay. which is listening is a superpower. Oh, that's good. The commander just isn't hearing his son. Yeah. He's missing it. He's not seeing it. He's assuming his son will be exactly like him, yep. even though his son is saying a lot of the difference there. And then he's not listening to his wife. He's not hearing her. He's not listening to her wisdom yep. is what she's seeing. Yep. He just doesn't listen to anything. He just assumes yeah. the world is a certain way and misses it. And yeah. so... Doesn't matter how strong he is or how invulnerable he is. Yep, that's listening 
This is a superpower. That's a good one. Yeah. A little bit of overlap there too. Yeah, there is. Yeah, There's yeah. a little bit. You yeah. and I are kind of hitting the same notes here a little bit. What did uh what did you have for your your rules again? List them out for me. I just yeah, want to be secure clear. your sanctum. Ah. Love what you do, and listening is a superpower. Okay. Oh man, that's a good list. <sighs> I got yours. You do? Yeah. Okay, let me have it. In in the heart of this movie being as silly as it is, I'm gonna go with keep extra phones around. Okay. <laughs> Just because I think it just, I think it just plays really well into it does. the 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 theme of this movie, the yeah. the vibe that this movie has. Yeah. So that's the one I'm going to pick for that reason. I respect that. Yeah. When I was watching this just the other night, that was probably the biggest laugh I got in the movie. Yeah, it was like, really good. Like it made me laugh out loud when he the phone explodes in his hand. Great gag mm-hmm. and practical. Very. Um, for yours. Man, I'm going to go with my gut, and you've got three really strong ones here. Uh, I'm going to go with Secure Your Sanctum. Yeah. I really like that one. That First of all, funny. I love the alliteration. Yep. I I think there's a couple layers to that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you need you need to secure you know, your, your personal belongings, blah, 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 uh, prized possessions. But at the same time, I think there's something to be said for keeping, uh, what do you want to say? Keeping your house in order? Keeping, yeah. Keeping things, things that are closest to you. The sanctum of your mind, even. Yeah, and Keeping exactly. bad thoughts out. I think there's a few layers there. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I, I like that a lot, man. Secure your sanctum. All right. So those, those are, are two, our uh, yeah, rules. Two good ones. Yeah, those are two really good ones. I'm going to start wrapping this thing up. I think we've been talking about Sky High for a while. Yeah, let's put um, a bow on it. Before we, uh, before we do, anything else you want to add, Ian? I don't think so. Yeah. That's I got nothing. Good man. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up, y'all. Next episode, we are going to be uh, reviewing and talking about Kurt's performance in the iconic film Stargate. So uh, tune in for that one. We can't wait. That's going to be a lot of fun. And as always, thank you for listening. This has been a ton of fun. And uh, we will see you next time on Kurt Russell Rules. See you all later. Bye, everybody.